Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some announcements for you. While the buckets are being passed, first things first is the garage sale. This is the last week to get your stuff in, okay? Last week, so you got through Thursday, starting tomorrow, uh, to bring your stuff to the office uh, from 9 to 4, and so you guys can get that stuff in. Uh, and then the last thing is permissions today. I don't know if you guys saw it, but we've got the food trucks out there. It's the first Sunday of the month, so it's food truck Sunday. Uh, proceeds, portion of the proceeds go to missions. We've got quesadillas with um, the brewers, and then we've got snow cones with Kingdom Concessions and the Myers. And so make yourself available to that. There's no, I mean, if I'm going to give and support something, food's like the best. I mean, that's the best way for me to think to do that. I don't know about you guys, but so anyways, uh, without further ado, Pastor Greg. Amen. Good morning. Hallelujah. Well, let's get started. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 as we endeavor to get into this study. I believe that this will be beneficial to you. And um, I know from dealing with the people of the house and understanding what they're going through, also what I've been going through over this past season has definitely been a trying time for many of us as we're coming out of a pandemic uh, that not only exposed us uh, immunity-wise, but also spiritually and mentally and, uh, and physically. And so uh, many of us didn't just go through a pandemic. Some of us went through divorces. Some of us went through uh, loss of jobs, loss of uh, relationships, uh, various things that uh, changes, transitions in family, people leaving, people leaving this life, loss of loved ones, things of that nature. And so what I'm trying to describe to you is an existential funk that is on the people and especially the body of Christ, uh, because this has exposed our spiritual condition in some way. We, we, we had, we, we, you know, whether it was strong or whether it was weak or whether it needed development, there was something that, because that's what crisis does, it reveals. It reveals what's within us. And, uh, and so when crisis comes, many of us, you know, were strong and, and went through it, but we got tired. How many, how many are tired? Come on, the rest of you can, you know, there's a tiredness that's on the body of Christ. And uh, the Lord, you know, along with uh, Kevin's exhortation and also uh, Noah's uh, admonition to us today, he is wanting us to experience a greater dimension of him However, most of us want it played out. We want the will of God played out. But what we're going to talk about in these next times together is that there's things that can only be pushed out, can only be pressed out. There are things that have to be brought in and brought through through pressure. Jesus exemplified this in his ministry. In fact, Jesus is an example for us, but he's an example of us. So everything that Jesus had, you're going to have in some way. Hello, that's real, you know, I mean, that's good. And then that's also challenging. 
because, uh, you know, we, we have everything that he is as he is, so are we in this world. But we need to understand that we're in this world. We're not of this world. So therefore, we're going to experience pressure. We're going to experience times in which we're going to be uh, under duress and under intense tribulation and pressure. And uh, do we have the ability uh, to rise above and to see the end before it even happens and, and for the joy that was set before us, endure, endure. See, we've got to ask those things. And these are things that are not popular in uh, Christian culture today because people are used to coming and hearing about how victorious and how how you know good they are and how wonderful and how gifted they are. And you know what? You are. You're gifted. You're wonderful. You're beautiful people. God loves you. However, God doesn't ask you to change to be saved, but he expects transformation afterwards. Changing from glory to glory, we always shout about. Yes, I'm being changed from glory to glory. But then when we get into the process, we're not shouting. Because it's painful. Because something's got to give and it's not the Lord. Something's got to change and it's not the Lord. Something has to acquiesce. Something has to submit and it's not the Lord. The Lord is perfect. The Lord is pure. The Lord is complete. It is us, is you and I, who have to conform to his image and have to uh, cooperate with the process to be transformed from glory to glory. Amen? And so we're going to talk about some very popular subjects today, like suffering. That's, uh, that, that, that's something that's just very popular in our narcissistic culture. But here's what I'm saying and here's what the Lord is telling us, is you cannot define your maturity in Christ based upon your knowledge. You cannot define your maturity in Christ based upon your accolades or the things that you've achieved. You can only define your maturity in Christ by how many pressings you've went through. What is the true test of maturity? Is it that you know every book of the Bible and can quote the scripture? No. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit comes through pressing. There are things that come into your life that press you to have to access the fruit of the Spirit in your life and cause you to develop love, joy, peace, amen, long-suffering, faithfulness. These are things that are pressed. These are things that, that you wrestle with. Is doing the will of God from the heart on a daily basis when confronted with the challenges of life, when you want to be um, angry, but you know that it is not the proper fruit for the moment. Anger's not bad. 
but you can be sinful in your anger. It's not wrong to be mad. It's wrong to be sinful with it, to lash out, to accuse, and to act like the adversary in your anger. This is going to be good. Amen. Jesus could go through the crucifixion. He was emboldened and strengthened by angels to go through that time. But the only reason why that happened is because he crucified himself in Gethsemane. And if you're going to see any kind of ability to overcome the insurmountable odds that are against you, You've got to learn to deal with your flesh and crucify it. Hello? Boy, I'm batting a 300 today. <laughs> Amen. So these are things that have to be talked about because I'm hearing a lot, not just in this house, but in many houses that I visit and many pastors and many people that I know that they're frustrated with their walk with God. They're absolutely frustrated with it. They recognize that God did tremendous things for them over the past two years, but their tiredness has caused them to lose perspective, has caused them to lose their joy, has caused them to lose their happiness and, and a zeal towards the things of God. And it all goes back to the fact that we're not pressing anymore. There's not a press going on in our lives. See, we have to come to the place where there's an intersection of our pride and God's will. And that is where the pressing starts. That's where the pressing starts, and that's where the pressing is going to start here. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, okay? It says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, and uh, some translations say for us, suffered in the flesh for us, notice what it says. Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Arm yourself with the same way of thinking. So what is he telling us? He's telling us if Christ suffered in the flesh, then you're going to suffer in the flesh. Yeah. Now, he's not talking about sickness and disease, guys. That's not what he's talking about at all. The suffering that we're talking about is the suffering of his passion, the suffering of the persecution that he went through, the suffering of his abandonment. How many have ever been abandoned? How many have ever been betrayed? How many have ever been left alone? You thought your friends were your friends, but you found out very quickly that they weren't your friends. Amen? When you needed them most, when you're going through the biggest crisis of your life and you're fixing to go and, and, and take on the sin of the world and you're taking three of your best buds out to pray with you and they can't even pray an hour. See, Jesus has felt all of these emotions. He was spit on. He's been spit on. He's been beat. He's been, you know, cussed at. He was demanded to perform miracles before Herod. He was ridiculed and mocked and stripped. He was, all that was done to him as a display 
to show you that we do not serve a high priest that is not touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points was tempted just like we are, but yet without sin. So what Jesus went through is, is an embodiment of, of things that we go through as human beings. And how we go through those things determines success or failure. Determines whether we're going to go to another level or whether we're going to stay where we're at and go around the same mountains again. And there's a lot of people going around in circles and circles because they're avoiding the press. They're avoiding the press. And I'm going to say this by the Spirit of the Lord. There are people in this house this morning that the reason why you're frustrated where you're at is because you said no to something that God wanted you to say yes to. And you're frustrated in your life because you allowed fear to enter and grip your life thinking that God would not provide, God would not take care of you, so you made a decision to go down a different path. And now, because you avoided the press, because you avoided, because these things don't get played out, they got to be pressed out. they got to be pushed out. You're finding yourself in a funk. Hello? I'm speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. There's more than, there's probably six people in here. I can, I can see them in my spirit right now. Made a decision. God said, no, I want you to do this. He said, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. Come on. Hello. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. This is a good service. Amen. So anyway, the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. So you got to arm yourself with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. See, that's the whole purpose, affliction of the flesh, like fasting, prayer. These are afflictions of the flesh. Nobody sets out and, you know, I mean, besides, you know, just be passionate about the Lord. You know, just like Noah said, prayer can be laborious. Can it not? There are times you don't want to necessarily come in, but it's an affliction to your flesh. Your flesh doesn't necessarily want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to fast. Your flesh doesn't want to be deprived of anything. But yet, you know, it's showing who's really boss of your life. Your appetite is. Your appetite is. So he says, those that suffer in the flesh, they cease from sin. Hello. All right. This is really getting good. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And that's where the press is, is when we, when we come to the intersection of human passion and the divine will of God. When we come into the place where Jesus came, because you know what? Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. So he wrestled with these same things. He didn't want to leave. His flesh didn't want to die. He didn't want to go to hell. He didn't want, come on now, he didn't want to do that stuff. That's not something that, uh, that he desired to do in his flesh. But his spirit was stronger. And he understood that it was the plan of God. And, and many times 
The problem is, is we've sold ourselves short. We've sold ourselves out to things that are not the will of God, thinking that they are bringing some kind of fulfillment in our lives and they're not bringing any fulfillment. Once we get to the top of the mountain, we think, what, what, what's, this was it? Because there's nothing that can satisfy, just like we prayed, there's nothing that can satisfy us but the will of God. The will of God is what you were made to do. But yet the passions of the flesh can keep us away. And I'm not talking about sinful passions. I'm just talking about passions to be able to make money for your family. Passions to be able to, to buy the house that you want to buy and, you know, to provide and, and do things that we all, all groomed from the time we came into this earth to be able to do. But yet they can deter us from the will of God. Your, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you hard. What's keeping you from doing the will of God is your stuff. That's why we don't get into amassing stuff. You shouldn't be in there. You need to live lean, man. The Bible teaches leanness. Doesn't mind, mind you being rich, just live lean. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can have money and live lean. Where your money doesn't have you. Money doesn't dictate to you. Money doesn't manipulate you. Amen? The older you get, the smarter you get, or you should. You begin to realize these things, and by the time you start realizing them, it's time for you to go to heaven. And you don't get to use them. So you try to tell your kids, you try to tell people that are younger than you, and they ain't in the mood to hear it. They're not in that place. But when they get here, when they get where I'm at, they'll start saying, oh, yeah. I'm starting to figure this out. I'm starting to figure this out. We need to downsize. We need to do, you know, maybe we don't need this stuff. Maybe I don't need this title. Maybe I don't need this position. Maybe I can be happier out of the hamster wheel. Amen. Okay. So we're going to go to the 22nd chapter of Luke. Well, let me read that out of the, the Passion Translation. I want to read this scripture out of the Passion Translation. And I've got it over here in my phone. So bear with me here. It says, Since Christ, through, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for you, now you also must be, be a prepared soldier. Now you also must be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset. For whoever has died in his body is done with sin. Amen? So live the rest of your earthly life no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. That right there is where your joy is. Where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be. There's a lot of people that their treasure 
is on things of the earth and they're finding out that it's not everything that it was cut out to be. Luke 22. I'm going to give you some secrets of Gethsemane. Secrets of Gethsemane. And we're going to learn to press. Sometimes the Lord brings us into a place of pressing. And sometimes we come into a place of pressing. Okay? Um, when it comes to our natural life, we come into instances in which we find ourselves in a position where the downward pull of sin begins to try to pull us down into, you know, the desires of the flesh. We also have the world that presses against us. We also have our own flesh that presses against us and the nature of the flesh. But then we also have satanic influence that tries to pressure us. And so these pressures are something that we have to have something far greater on the inside of us to be able to withstand these pressures. But the squeezing of this and the pushing of this and the pressing of this brings out things that you couldn't get anywhere else. You can't get anywhere else. The will of God will press you. People don't understand that. They always think it's going to be roses and flowers and everything's going to be beautiful. No, the will of God will press you because the will of God is contrary to the will of the world or the will of the flesh. So we live in a world that's dominated by the flesh, dominated by the sinful nature, dominated by the prince of the power of the air. So therefore, it's going to go cross-grain to what God desires. And so there's a time in which you first get saved where you actually begin to feel great freedom and liberty, and it's kind of like what we would call the honeymoon phase. How many realize that? Been married, you understand the honeymoon phase and to where it, it's, it's very exciting and everything just looks like uh, there's boundless opportunities. But as I've told you before, your life is a series of triangles in the sense that when we enter the base of a triangle, there's very broadness and a lot of margin in our lives. And we just think we're able to do so much because there's just so much opportunity. But as we travel up that triangle, then our options begin to narrow and we begin to feel constriction. Okay. And so God brings us into places of constriction to, so that we can relieve ourselves of things that will impair us in the next triangle, things that will cause us to not to be able to enter into what God has for us or experience what God has for us on the other side. So it's almost as if he's got us in, you know, a place in which we're being refined and, um, and, and getting rid of the weights and sins that so easily beset us as we go forward in there. And so every time we crash in to uh, a place in which there's serious constriction where the pressing is very, very uh, prominent, and then we press in, we continue to stand fast, we continue to push forward, then we break out into the base of another triangle and we feel great margin, we feel great relief, we feel great joy 
But guess what? You're going up another triangle. Now, what I'm seeing happen and what has happened in my own life, I really can only speak for me, is there's times that I want to impede my journey up the triangle. <laughs> you know, I like it at the base or I like it in the middle or I found a sweet spot and God's pressing me and, and, and pushing me and leading me to go deeper to go into a, a, a place that, that, is, that, is, that is different, but the uncomfortableness of the restriction that is coming upon my life, I begin to recoil. Have you ever recoiled? Have you ever thought, oh, I don't know if I want this? Because many times when you're in the cone of the triangle, you've been stripped of something. Because the only way you can stay in there is you, 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 you know, you start at the triangle and you got all these bags, you got all this cargo and you're going up that triangle and you're getting in there. And the closer you get to the cone, the more you, you, you realize I can't take these bags through here. I can't take this through here at all. So it's going to cause me to have to make some decisions as I'm going up to the, ba to the, uh, the cone that I'm going to have to shed off. And sometimes they get shut off in ways that you never thought. Right. That's good. Amen. Let that marinate there. Because see, the whole transition of Jesus going into the cone is the fact that before he got there, he was betrayed and abandoned by the people he invested in. I know Jesus wanted Judas to love him. I know he did. I know Jesus didn't want to have any problems with his disciples, didn't want them to have to question anything. In fact, he told Peter, he says, you know, Satan's desire to sift you, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you that your faith fell not. Jesus had the same temptation that you have to be popular, to be liked. He had all that. But if Jesus would have recoiled, if he would have said, you know what, this ain't worth it, what would happen? The whole plan of salvation would have fell. And we wouldn't be here today, you and I. So, so the key is, is that we've got to get our focus on things above because it says that Jesus was able to endure the cross by looking at the joy that was set before him. So one of the secrets of the press or the secrets of Gethsemane is you've got to see the end before the beginning. You've got to learn to live with the perspective of the end rather than just focusing on the beginning. That's good. Amen? Amen. That's good. So let's look at, uh, I believe it is the 30, 39th verse. 
And here's some secrets of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means olive press. That's what the name means. Gethsemane was on the Mount of Olives, a strategic mountain that Jesus visited multiple times. Practically lived there. Okay, practically lived there. Uh, it was a part of the Mount of Olives that was covered with olive trees. It was, had tombs. It had uh, caves in it. In fact, Jesus was arrested in a cave uh, known as the Apostles' Grotto. That's what they called it from the 4th century. And it's where he would gather with his apostles and he would teach. And so uh, it was a place that he consistently went to. Okay, and this is one of the secrets of Gethsemane. If you're gonna, if you're going to be able to endure and come out with the precious oil, the anointing, you're gonna have to go through the press. Amen. And prayer puts us in a position of going through the press. Devotion to God puts us in a position of going through the press. And I'm here to tell you that the level that you're at is dependent upon the press that you just went through. And there are people that they want certain things from the Word of God. They want certain things from the, uh, from the you know, promises, the, all of the promises, but yet they won't go through the press. God's hands open to us, but we have an opposing world and an opposing system that tries to withhold the things of God for us. And that's the reason why I, I remember talking to a young man who went a different direction in his walk with the Lord. And he said, well, I just didn't get what everybody was preaching that I should get. And I looked at him and I said, you have to press. Are you with me? You have to press. That honeymoon phase, you get prayers answered like that. I mean, my goodness, daddy prays for me and, uh, you know, a check comes in the mail and all these miracles. But then you get to this place like Noah talked about. Where it's silent. And it don't seem like it's working. And it's tough. And you've got to know what to do. See, we've got this idea about Jesus going to the Garden of Gethsemane and him just bowing down very regally. Not my will, but thy will be done. You know, we think he just came in, he just had all this, you know, regal power and it just didn't seem like it affected him, you know. That was not the case. That was absolutely not the case. We'll see later. And I'm just going to show it to you what the Greek actually says that he did. You know, when, and I, I got to show you this. Okay, so don't be embarrassed, but I got to show you this. But the Greek actually says, 
Now, in the King James, it says, Jesus kneeled when a, little, when a stone throw away from his disciples, and he kneeled. That is not what the Greek says. The Greek says he fell. And he stretched himself out, and he began to roll. Oh, Jesus. Feel his pain. Feel the fact that the sin of the world is coming on him. He says, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, God, take this from me. Take it from me. And he did it three times. And he rolled as if he was in great agony and in great pain. The Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, rolled on the ground, cried out to his Father, didn't want to do what his father told him to do. Fell as if a great weight had fell upon him and rolled in agony. So guess what? That means some of your prayer things that you're embarrassed about, some of your prayer sessions in which you wouldn't tell the world about, Jesus had those same prayer sessions. Shouldn't that free you to know that the very Son of God who operated in the, who had the spirit without measure. We've got the spirit in a measure. As far as operational, as far as, you know, we've, we've, we've been all been made to partake of his fullness, but we, when it comes to the body of Christ, we're pieces of his body. So we have portions of the anointing. But yet, he had the spirit without measure. He's rolling on the ground. I'm giving you permission to roll on the ground. Because yeah. if Jesus did it, you can do it. Because there's people that are embarrassed to pray. I remember, you know, um, some of the things that I've had to go through over this last season. You know, I would get embarrassed. And I would have to correct myself, you know, before the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry about that, you know. And the Lord wasn't putting any kind of prohibition on, on any expression that I had. He wasn't saying, stop that. He never said, stop crying. Oh, somebody's getting free here today. He didn't say, stop crying. He didn't say, stop yelling. He didn't say, stop anything. He just let me do what I needed to do. Now, it's very embarrassing for me to come to Trevor and say, you know what, I had a prayer session last night. I rolled around and cried like a baby for an hour. None of us really want to say that kind of stuff. We want to say, we believed and received and took in the victory. You know, we've always got this kind of inflated view of 
of how we attain certain things. Jesus wrestled with the will of the Father. You will wrestle with the will of the Father. God's going to ask you to do things you don't want to do. And God's going to tell you no to some things that you want to do. Are you awake out there? I guess we need to read another scripture. All right, okay. 39th verse. And he came out and went as was his custom. This is another secret of Gethsemane right here. He came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. Talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, which was located on the Mount of Olives. It was his custom. Notice that. It was his custom. It was his custom. It was his custom. This was not foreign to him. There wasn't a special moment. Hey, I'm about to go to the cross. I think we might need to pray. That's not... It was his custom. See, you have to have a custom of meeting with the Lord. Hello. And here, here's, here's a great way to, to do that. Notice what it says. At, uh, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him, and when he came to the place, notice that, the place, when he came to the place, he had a place. You want to develop your prayer life? Get a place. He came to the place. See, this wasn't a foreign place to him. This wasn't something that he just picked out randomly. He had a place. It was a place in which he met with God. It's a place in which he had interaction with God. It was a place in which he got words from God. It's a place where he received visions from God. It's a place where God loved on him and he loved on God. It was a place. And apparently it was around the apostles' grotto or the cave. And he prayed during that time, and this wasn't the first time that he showed up there. Listen, my friend, listen, listen, listen good. You're never going to press in to the higher things of God if you cannot press in to prayer. And if you cannot press in to faithfulness to God. There are people that want to break through into higher levels. They can't even come to church. And I'm not just saying that to be mean. I'm not, but, but their pain threshold is not at the level to go where God wants them to go because they cannot put their flesh under the pain to be able to come to church on a consistent basis and serve. Their flesh screams every time they're two to three times on the calendar in the nursery. They're, Well, I don't like restriction on my life. I like to have my schedule as my own. You'll never go anywhere. And I'm not just saying that for you to come to church. I'm not saying that at all. I don't care where you go to church. I don't care what you do, but be consistent and be faithful because that's afflicting your flesh. You being here this morning is afflicting your flesh. 
You showing up and serving is afflicting your flesh because your flesh says, I want to call in. I don't want to show up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And you think you're going to press in to higher levels to where you have to answer a higher yes to the Lord and you can't even get your butt up out of bed? Come on. That's true. And I see all these ministers thinking that they're ministers, thinking wannabes. They can't even show up. They don't break through. Keep telling me about God telling them this and God telling them that. They ain't even, they ain't even in the, they're in the base. You want to know how I know they're in the base? Because they can do whatever they want. I'm telling you when you're breaking through, brother, and that's what you're going through, brother. When you're breaking through, you don't have options. You show up because that's the only thing you got. I'm telling you, I, it, horrible movie. I, I, I just hate the movie, but an officer and a gentleman. I remember that. And Lewis Gossett Jr. is on, on him and saying, why don't you just go home, you dopehead, and get out of here. And, go, and, and he's, he's, he's putting him under strenuous pressing. And what does Richard Gere say? I don't have anywhere else to go. That's the place you need to get. That's the place where breakthrough happens. I don't have nowhere, nowhere else to go. Karen has said over the last few weeks, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What's going to happen to us? There's all kinds of things that come in there. People look at us and think we haven't made. We ain't got nowhere else to go. We're locked in. Now somebody looking from their place that they're at might say yay or nay to that. Or might celebrate it or might criticize it. But I ain't got nowhere else to go. What did Peter say to Jesus when Jesus said, why don't you guys go? You know, Jesus will test you. Why don't you guys go? You know, all these other people are leaving. You want to go too? Here's the door. Don't let it hit you on the backside. Jesus is that way. And Jesus, and notice what Peter said. Peter, you know, we, Peter gets really maligned. But I'm telling you what, Peter, he knew some things. And he said this. He said, where are we going to go? He says, you have the very words of life. Who else are we going to follow? You've got to get to the place, my friend, where it's all or nothing. Amen. You ain't got nowhere else to go. And it's not comfortable. 
It's not, you know, base of the triangle. Base of the triangle is comfortable. But when you get to the core, when you get to the cone, it's miserable. Right when you're about to break through to the other side is when you're going to be tempted to give it up. And the enemy will make sure that certain things are going to happen to get you to give it up. I didn't even get into my message today. But it's, it's time, guys. Yes. It's time to realize where we're at and, and, and to take it seriously. You know, stop walking around like, a, you know, back in the day, it was a Sears and Roebuck catalog we'd look at during Christmas time and picking out all the stuff you want. Stop it. Stop telling me who you are and what you can do and start doing it and start pressing in. Stop telling me you're a prophet. Stop telling me that you're an apostle. Stop telling me that you're this and you're that. Show me. Because it's real easy to say that from your easy chair. Just like those quarterbacks you watch in football from your easy chair, you think you can throw that pass. Hello. Well, that's just an Absalom spirit on you. That ain't nothing of God. Listen. Listen to this. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down. The actual Greek says he absolutely fell down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Remove the will of God from me. Remove your will from me. That's what he's saying. Remove your will from me. I know that this is, you know, over and over during his earthly ministry, he said, for this purpose was I born. Now he's at the cone, and he's saying, I don't want it. Hello? There's people need to be at the altars right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Father, if you're willing to remove it, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Listen, when you're at that place, there's angels at these altars ready to strengthen you, ready to strengthen you. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at, listen, there is divine assistance to what you're going through. God can strengthen you. God can strengthen you. 
when you feel that there's absolutely no strength whatsoever. But notice what happened after that. And being in agony, that word agony is agonizai in the Greek, and it means to fight and to wrestle. It, 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 it denotes the two wrestlers in Greek culture slathered with oil, just beginning to use every bit of strength they possibly could to bring another into submission. And that's what was going on. Have you ever been in that place in your life? Did you know you've got wrestling matches that go on in here? Have you ever had a wrestling match in here? Hello, I'm not talking about Hulk Hogan. I'm talking about real wrestling. I'm talking about, listen, where it is agony. It says he agonized. Where was that agony? It wasn't just in his body, but it was in his mind. Agonizing over because the intersection of our human pride and the divine will of God will wrestle. It'll wrestle you. And whoever you give the strength to is going to win the match. Jesus chose to give the strength to the Father and yield to the Father's wishes. But you know, there's been many times that I've wrestled in my mind and my pride won. My will won. Maybe for just a season, because he always brings me back to that match. There's always a rematch. Listen, guys, whatever you're wrestling with God, and you think you've got him suppressed, and you think you've got that thing submitted, you think that you don't have to obey that because you've dealt with it in your own mind and you pinned it, there's always a rematch. There's always a rematch, guys, because God will never take you further if you haven't passed the test. So you might be going around the mountain, you might be active, but you're not going anywhere. You're not moving anywhere. Hello? Come on now, there's people need to be praying. I believe God wants to break some things in your life today. You see, he says, I, you know, am the potter, you're the clay. Did you know clay can harden, Joe? You know clay can harden. And you know there's aspects of that clay. You get a, some clay out, and you're going to do some sculpturing I know, like you like to do. <laughs> and you get in there, and, and part of that clay is hard. Well, you've either got you got to do something. you got to break it apart. you got to add some water to it or whatever you add to it to try to get it back to its original form so that you can begin to well, there are aspects of our life God's hand wants to be on, but we've stiffened it up. And it's like, I'm okay with you needing on this side, but you don't dare touch this. You don't dare touch this. And that's what happens, guys. That's the reason why we need a good pressing. We need a good pressing. We don't need to avoid the pressing of the Lord. We need to embrace the pressing of the Lord. We need to say, Lord, mold me. Mold me how you want me. This is what Jesus is doing. He agonized, and he was in agony, and he prayed more earnestly. Now, most people will think that when he prayed earnestly, that he just turned it up a notch. You know, we just got to turn it up a notch. 
But that's not what that word means in the Greek. It means that he was stretched and extended far past anything that a human being could have. Have you ever been so stretched, so bent out of shape, so in over your head? That's what it's describing. It's not describing that he just got got his prayer on and went to a higher level. It meant that he was in agony. He was stretched out. He was stretched out just like you're crying over that boy right now. Just as you're crying over that uh, marriage right now. Just like you're crying over your body right now and the report that went through. Just like you're crying about, you know, the situation in your home. Listen, Jesus cried that way too. He was touched with everything you were touched with. I'm telling you, there's breakthrough in the house this morning right now in the name of Jesus. And it's through prayer. It's through prayer. It's through breaking these things and allowing God to mold us how he wants us molded. I'm here to tell you that 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 person won't return into your life unless you're molded in a certain fashion that draws them back. That's a word for somebody. That's a word for somebody. Hello. There's opportunity for you. There's another level for you, but you can't go the form you are. It's going to take a pressing, young man. It's going to take a pressing to get you to where you want to go. Amen. He was stretched. He was extended, and his sweat became like great drops of blood. Now, this is a situation. This is an exaggeration. There's actually where the stress of the body is so intense that the epidermis uh, layers begin to split and blood fills in between those layers and it pours out of the pores. It comes out of the pores. This is talking about an intensity that you and I have never experienced in our lives. But that means this, that anything that we're struggling with Jesus has struggled with and exceeded that struggle. So that means this, that we have atoning capabilities through the cross and through his sacrifice to come against all mental stress and torment and any kind of wrestling you want to go through. Jesus has help from the sanctuary for you. Hello. Glory to God. I'm telling you, uh, if you if you want to pray about these things, I want you to come up here right now. I want you to come up here. I have to tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He is here to destroy the yokes of bondages over your life. Right now. Hallelujah. Do you want to be strengthened today? Do you want to be strengthened today? Well, I'm here. Strength is here. Strength is here. Strength is here. Come on up there, dear sister. Come on up there. Hallelujah. Strength is here. 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 here. There's angels all around here. 
They've got endunamizing strength. That word strengthen, is, is, it comes from the word that, that God faces us and brings his strength into our lives. He faces us and brings his strength into our lives. Hallelujah. God wants to break some things off of your life, but it's going to take you saying something like, Lord, not my will, but your will. It's going to, it's going to take that. keeping you from the next level? Your stubbornness. Your desires. Your will. Your plans. Your pursuits. That's what's keeping you from it. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Karen, come with me, sweetie. I want you to lift your hands and begin to pray. One way that we break things off of people's lives is we pray for others. We pray for others. Amen? Hallelujah. So just pray for these. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up our sister. And we just thank you, Father God, that you're at work right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Do not worry, do not take on care, for I have you, saith the Lord. I care for you greater than you could ever care for anyone that you've ever loved in your life. My care supersedes that, and I will take care of it. I will take care of it and have already told you that I will take care of it. So just receive, 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 receive right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, leave her right now in the name of Jesus. Be gone right now in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, be gone in the name of Jesus. Be gone in Jesus' name. The harassment in our mind, the torment in our mind, we command it to leave. We thank you, Father God, for filling her fresh and anew with the Holy Spirit. Put your hand on her stomach there. Father, in Jesus' name, fill her fresh right now in the name of Jesus with the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 It will not happen. It will not happen. It will not happen. That tormenting thought, that fear, it will not happen, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for our brother in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. compassion of the Lord is just coming upon you and you can feel his presence and his love for you and he wants you to he wants you to know it's going to be all right it's going to be all right certain things that you have have not had to deal with in your life in regards to your physical health it's tormenting to you it's tormenting to you the Lord wants to tell you that he's your restorer he's your help he's your healer and don't be tormented anymore. Full mobility will be brought back. Full ability will be back. You'll be able to do the things that you want to do. Don't be tormented anymore. It's a gift from God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just come against this right now. Hallelujah. 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 It's going to be a divine transition. It's going to be a divine transition. It's going to bring great things into your life. 
great things, great things, great things. It's going to bust you out into a new level. It's going to bust you out into a new level. Hallelujah. A new level. Amen. Hallelujah. His compassion is towards you. His compassion is towards you. Hallelujah. 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 Your physical capabilities have been something that you have taken for granted, something that you've always had your entire life. You've had the ability to be athletic, to be mobile, to be agile, and to just come against the gravitational pull of life and just leap to new bounds. And now it feels like your wings have been clipped. It feels like maybe that this chapter is over, but the Lord says, no, it's not over. A new chapter is about to open up. And just trust in Him. This thing's going to be totally restored and brought back to full functioning, and you will not be impeded, but be strengthened as you begin to rehab this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, Father God, right now. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Continue to wrestle, my son. Continue to wrestle, for I have many things to share with you, many things to show you. And sometimes as we make decisions, we set them in concrete and say that they will always be there. But there's a wrestle going on within you. Continue to wrestle. Continue to find my will because it's in the pursuit of my will that you'll begin to get the answers and the solutions that you need in regards to your family, in regards to your future, in regards to your provision. I am here. I am here. And I'm leading and guiding you. But it will be a cooperative effort with you pursuing my face, wrestling with the tough questions. And it's through this that we will grow a deeper bond, saith the Lord, that we'll grow into a more intimate relationship that will bless your life in so many ways and will cause you to walk upon your high places, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Freshness, freshness, freshness in Jesus' name. Freshness in Jesus' name. Clarity of thought, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bringing out the same puzzle box every year. But yet you know there are people.